Hello, everybody. <laughs> Welcome back to part two of our Joe Budden album review for All of Lost. Our hearts are broken, but yep. But where we left off in part <laughs> one, our broken hearts, the, the rage has passed. If we look at the, yep. the stages of loss, we've moved past the rage. We've moved into a little more of a reflective tone, which I think we're going to get a little bit more of on this album. So... I think I can. I think I can power through <laughs> this Joe Budden "All Love Loss" album review all, all on my own. I guess with Bonnie. Uh, my name is Holden Stefanroy. I am your lady friend Bonnie. And um, yeah, this is the Classic Quest podcast. This is a, a late part two episode. It's a Patreon request from Mr. Uh, Coney Sparks, mm-hmm. and we're gonna just keep going through it. Uh, you can check out part one as we run through the whole beginning part of the album, and then. We got a couple of great comments there, but they were all long. So for the sake of time, because Joe Budden, it's, it's like a lot left to still go through. Yep. The truth is, y'all might like it when I keep the intro short, and y'all might be like, listen, love, I'm good. All right? How do you feel about this very lengthy song? Because as we are accustomed to, this one is eight minutes long. Yeah, pretty much. Um, so... <sighs> oh, there's a lot going on here. Uh, I'll just kind of like skim through it um so no it's okay i'll I'll need some help um so how does it start off now so we have this lady kind of doing this little skit questioning real love yeah and whether she'll ever find it or she's experienced it kind of it's not really written down verbatim so i'm going on memory here Mm -hmm. And but like I guess the sentiment that I took away is this person doesn't necessarily believe in this real love experience that people describe mostly because of a her actions and her willingness to participate in the ritual. And this also is how like it ends with this outro where she kind of comes back in. So maybe I'm mixing those things up. And I thought it was interesting because, I mean, I've had phases of my life where I was a little more jaded after some failed relationships where I can kind of relate to to feeling lost like that, to questioning mm-hmm. if love even exists because how could it? Because both A, I was a selfish person and being a selfish person, especially one who doesn't love yourself, um, it's really hard to experience love. But then when you start loving yourself, all of a sudden love is like attainable again and it's pretty dope. So I thought it was like a really powerful um, start to it in yeah. terms of like setting the context. I'm a be real Arab music who I believe does the beat. Um, it's really lovely. It's just like I feel like it's like listening to a chick flick is how a lot of this <laughs> album comes off. All right. So I appreciate it again. And I said this a lot on part one. So if you just kind of watch this one, um, if I were heartbroken, I would relate a lot more to this album. And it, it's really just I feel it here. I don't feel like the same level of sadness that Joe Budden is putting on this album. On the other hand, he does it so well, he can bring me back in my memories to specific places where in my life where I find, especially because it's been like a couple of weeks now that this album has been on my mind. I find myself just thinking of like old relationships and and just these flashbacks coming through. So thanks Joe Budden for making me relive memories that were supposed to maybe not be so upfront in my mind. but as we've seen a lot on this album, Joe Budden kind of splits each verse at different targets. Yeah. And, uh, and he I, comes in like really like hard and emotional, like right away. But like 
verse one is is truly divine and mm -hmm. something i've come to to appreciate is when rappers almost go out of their way to share their influences with us or at least who they feel are culturally significant because if you'll notice this show's called the classic quest maybe you didn't but that means we're <laughs> looking for classics so this is this whole like first verse is like a, a love relationship complication with hip-hop you could you did the common song where i used yeah. to love her right yeah and just as an example halfway through the verse he's like now i'm watching my first love die witnessing murder when common stopped loving old girl what was he telling me cold world now she won't dig you without a melody um love nerds used to be into people with felonies we need a new president where the fuck is eric b um i actually when i first heard this track googled did rakim ever wear a dress because of that line where he's like rakim would never wear a dress and man so half this song i'm really like enamored with because oh did he i don't know i didn't find a picture of him sorry i left y'all hanging okay but I, i'm i started wondering though about just the overall goofy attire of 80s hip-hop in general though like is it that different than a dress to me both are equally as sellouty the giant gold chains that maybe it's just a culture i don't understand well but, i just think it's like but i think he's also talking about the fact that like I know he has to be manly at different times and i think that that also kind of plays into I suppose it like, flossing with, like, wealth like, is manly gender roles but i guess i've always seen jewelry when i was young as a girl's thing because it's not really shit i played with now maybe it's because i wasn't flossing wealth or whatever mm -hmm. but i suppose as a person like i wear these two rings because i bought them in jerusalem and that's it i don't really have a lot of jewelry i never have thought a lot about it sometimes i, I consider it maybe i'd get a, a little chain or something but like like all of my jewelry is like quite simple like my rings are quite simple my jewelry like and i know that i'm kind of like on my own on this but to me jewelry wearing was just part of this giant feminization of everything like when guys started wearing all sorts of jewelry to me like earrings and stuff it was like when did it, when did it get cool for guys and don't get me wrong i have ear had earrings in fact but like watches are always like very like yeah, watch, and stuff like don't that don't get me wrong but watches are like a utilitarian thing so you would have a nice watch but mm -hmm. you needed a watch you know or like a you, can, you know you can have some like manly rings and things and, like and that like the super bowl rings that i guess are supposed to be manly if you're watching this i mean no disrespect to rakim or the culture of the 80s and i know that sometimes i can say stuff in a callous way so i want to in in advance for any anybody i pissed off in the comments say that i recognize that this is something i don't fully understand i'm more just expressing it like jewelry in general to me it's always been weird how much like people wear it to me it, it, it's like i don't know maybe aside from saying i'm rich and that's kind of what girls are doing with it they're wearing a bunch of fancy shit no saying, i think it's also to it's like, you I, know a reflection of like their identity you know like I'm sometimes just, like you know if you're like goth you're gonna have some sort of like dark car. black earrings and if you're like you know into yeah. like the 80s scene you're gonna have like neon yellow ones and like you're gonna you know there's car. gonna be different types of look i recognize maybe i'm just being a bit whatever about it i'm just saying that to me it always just felt weird that everyone wants this flashy colorful shit in my opinion it's like the same thing <coughs> as anything any other accessory it's like Still. these crazy hats or these crazy shoes or these my, crazy my like whatever to not shit on people it was just that I feel like all things considered, if dude wears a dress and dude makes a bunch of money off of wearing a dress, fuck it. 
Like, he, he's the winner. Like, you know, like, I'm, I'm confused by it. Like, I don't care how not manly this would make me sound, but if I gotta, like, wear makeup and put on some fucking dress, but I get to walk out with six figures, like, are you, are you dumb? Of course I'm doing it. Yeah. If you think that makes me less of a man, okay, I'll take my 100K, I'll flip it to a milli, and then we'll have another conversation. Like, what are you saying? I need that seed money in my life. Yeah. You know, like, I'm not saying that, there aren't lines that wouldn't cross, but I would certainly wear a dress and shit. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just throwing it. Anyway, I love the, I just, I like the general angle of the of the first verse though. No wonder I, I get my peers, separated yeah. by my peers. Yeah, I'm a target. It used to take a nation of millions, which is a public enemy album. Yeah. Nah, for people not to be America because most gave America hope, but when the music had a message in it, we was rebels against it. The best was intended to lessen the gimmicks. And I'm like, I appreciate that desire to like call back to the music of his youth that had a purpose and a message in it. But I'm also willing to bet that at this very time and when this album came out, mm -hmm. somewhere in the music underground was a bunch of shit with a message in it that nobody gave a fuck about and Joe Budden wasn't promoting. And if you watch Joe Budden's show now, it's not like he's, like, even I'm saying the current Joe Budden podcast, it's not like he's actively seeking deep music with political messaging out there. I mean, it doesn't seem like it's the biggest concern. He wants a good time, just like everyone else. And that's why, like, music with political messaging and lyricism and shit kind of went away. So it's, it's just interesting to me to see a modern Joe Budden not necessarily, I mean, not to say that I currently watch his show, but every time I watched his show, for like, I stopped because he kept talking about R&B and it got really freaking boring. <laughs> anyway. I guess if you're not into R&B, then yeah. Um, and then I kind of just feel like, though, when he goes, or did my wordplay confuse her, not see her with young thug in future, like what you do to her. And I'm like, I don't know. They, they, I, I mean, I understand why a lot of people don't like their music, but like, they're kind of different, right? You listen to Percocet, Molly Percocet. You want that when you're faded and you're out and about and you're feeling a certain way. And you want Joe Budden when you're heartbroken. Like, to me, they're like apples and oranges. You can't put yeah. these things. Like, I don't really want to listen to Eminem in a club. Like, I've never been in a club and outside of those dances where, like, you want to sing along and shit. You shake your ass. Yeah, but not really. That's like kind of like, like one of his there's just club songs. Current me, there's so many better vibes to get to. Absolutely. Eminem, though. I put that dude on on the bus when I want to fucking spit some shit. Like, he's lyrical. It puts me in a vibe like that. But, like, that's what I'm saying. So, seeing this level of hatred towards it, even though it's four years old or whatever, that kind of crap always bothered me. And I believe a huge part of why the lyrical dudes, um, the older lyrical dudes, are kind of not so respected is their haterisms like this. Like, it, it's not a good look, in my opinion. And that's fine. But now my generalization is this generation, the imminent state of this gentrification, desensitization. It's like brilliant, but mm -hmm. I call her, she's in Marvin's room. Everything is awkward now. It's like, yeah, dude, Drake kind of is that. I'm sorry. Like, he's got that lane. Like, the, the same kind of girl that wants to put on a Joe Budden album, I just don't see her as the same fan as a Drake fan, right? Like, I feel like we're talking about different ladies. Yeah. Like, maybe I'm wrong. Like I, or I think there is like, crossover. But, like, there's space for both of these guys to exist. I think younger exist. girls more like Drake. Yeah, because Drake is easy listening. I think a lot of people who like Drake have never even heard of Joe Biden. 
fair enough. And I think that part of the reason that Joe Budden didn't necessarily and is this the stuff he's like okay with talking about today? Like is I basically mean like white girls. Yeah, I don't know <laughs> why a white girl would want to listen to any like I just don't find white Like white girls listen to Drake, white girls who's Joe Budden? I don't know shit about what white girls listen to. I don't find I enjoy a lot. I've of, never heard anybody talk about Joe Budden. Yeah, I only like Joe Budden because, like, like even if I'm being real, because I don't think we said it in part two, but, like, it was because of Slaughterhouse and Shady Records that I heard about Joe Budden. But mm. I do appreciate, I don't know if I'm being fair to him right now, I appreciate all of the talent that he is displaying in his storytelling and his stream of consciousness, and I relate and empathize a lot with the way he writes, and I think it's really relatable music, and the way he puts his heart and soul down is really cool. So, anyway... He basically kind of, I kind of really like when he goes, met her with a cane, she changed, preferred to walk it out, stopped eating me when she heard I worked in a slaughterhouse. Get it? Because he's in slaughterhouse. And yep. Anyway, so hip hop changed and uh, who would be the same? She's right. Because this ain't the way that we knew each other. And I kind of like how in light of everything I've said, he takes the time at the end of the verse to kind of acknowledge that it's almost possible that him and hip-hop have just grown in separate ways yeah. and that this might actually I, just be a normal evolution I think that's of exactly what he's saying he, he's kind of feeling like maybe he's outgrown it or it's outgrown him like he doesn't know what and then he just kind of accepts that it's just more whining yeah but if this is love i'm good and you're like okay joe but i get it he's heartbroken joe venting out and i can appreciate that and then the chorus is nice or whatever everything mm -hmm. has changed i can see a clear fact staring at these four wheels angry that they're staring back you know it took a while now it's finally understood would we change it if we could i swear if this is love i'm good you know what again if i like think back to being emo or me <laughs> gosh this is amazing and I could I could be 35 like Joe Budden and miserable as he writes this. It's possible. Like, may, maybe it happens. I'm doubtful. But if I ever get to be a 35-year-old mad heartbroken, I feel like this album is going to be one of the first ones I put on. Second issue, yeah. uh, second verse, he flows into... Uh, it, Genius says Tahiri, the the last main girl in this album, had come out. I'm not certain if it's her or if it's any if or any just one specific girl, but it feels a lot more about a girl, you know. But the tone has changed. It's not so fuck you as we got earlier on on the project. And like I had said at the end, it felt like an evolutionary experience yeah like, this is totally an album that if you just listen to the songs out of context it really doesn't convey joe's emotional growth and if you like it's almost like when you take a stand-up comedian's joke for like 90 seconds put it on twitter outrage culture dudes in trouble but it made total sense in like the bigger picture of things right um anyway uh so then joe's uh second verse look i can't get with you at all our issue is tied you tied to every person now that dribbles a ball that i miss a flag he wasn't fickle before so evidently as time's passed in a relationship she's in a basketball players almost like a fuck you it feels like yep. history is contradictory we diss each other out of fun shit amuses me you threaten every girl i'm with that just confuses me you say you want kids real soon now that's abuse to me i'm like what the fuck yeah it joe? seems a little weird so like it's like if you try to have the conversation about having kids that's abuse now i don't know the full context of it maybe it was on love and hip-hop and i missed it but um 
it's just like it's like come on joe it's not abuse it's just actually it's growing up that's normal yeah and it puts pressure on your partner and sometimes your partner doesn't want to hear a conversation where they're like i want kids and it's super important to me you have to make up your fucking mind or else kind of shit and uh i'm i'm not saying anything i'm just like if you're in that moment you know it's not necessarily abuse it's just a proper conversation that couples have you know yeah and i get the feeling that in the midst of a chaotic back and forth situation it could be perceived as like an egregious thing but at the same time i'm just gonna go with the fact that it's not abuse it's just yeah. a thing she cares about. Like, if you want to be with me, then fine. You have to be willing to have kids. And then I fear picture him like spazzing yeah. out, like, how could you say that? Am I not good enough? I don't know. Sorry, this is taking so long. It's an eight-minute fucking song. <laughs> um. Anyway, and then they cause each other pain and whatnot. And he flows out the whole rest of the verse. And I feel like what's really what's really interesting is just the the kind of observation of how even though that they're apart they can't really help but keep tabs on each other and kind of like how the ownership is kind of split to both of them and on at this point it's almost like we're getting another side to it like as much as joe comes off a certain way and we we hear a lot about how the girls treated him poorly before and he how he was a certain way in the earlier songs now it's like we're getting the sense but yeah i suppose if the girl is telling you on tuesday that she doesn't want to talk to you but on thursday she wants to fuck and you go out with the next girl and she gets mad at you yeah, okay it's kind of mixed little, signals and yeah. he's starting to make it a little clearer why joe is in this like completely emotionally abrupt state and i thought that was a really good twist on it. then we get the third verse which is about his uh son who i believe there's just complications with because in this verse it feels like it feels like the kid's been told a whole bunch of stuff um yeah. about joe that isn't necessarily true joe's trying to and he's like fighting for the kid in like court um, and he has this situation where any kind of visitation requires people to be supervised and it's all just freaking weird mm-hmm. and but at least he's trying and he's putting in this effort and he just feels frustrated and he kind of sees himself inside of his son and is kind of goofy how he's like man the way you're like fucking pissed off it's moody it's just like me and he's almost like in in love with the idea of his arrogance being passed down yeah. and even like if like kid. his like son is kind of like rejecting him he's like he doesn't care because like he's blood and like that's like the most important thing like he's gonna like always look after his own um yeah and there's like eerie sort of like like background like piano music or whatever which i guess is like meant to be like kind of emotional but it's well composed i liked it and then I really, really like when he goes, um, you can think your dad is nuts, little dude. I'm talking to you because you came out my nuts, little dude. Mm-hmm. And that's my stance on the matter. I won't budge, little dude. Yeah, he's I don't tell that to your mother and the judge, little dude. At our next court date, you're going to see it's true. Funny, my co- and, and I'm just like, you know what? If I was in that situation, I think I could get basic like that too and be like, you know what, dude? I might be nuts but you came out of my nuts, so I'm nuts for you. And I'm like, that works, Joe. I felt that line. Like, just the way he, like, yells it out and shit, I feel like 
somehow when he does the exact same thing but he's rapping about his kid it comes off really like endearing like the first two verses come off kind of wanky like the first one fine complicated hip-hop thing second verse whiny about a girl but when it comes off about his son it's like wow joe you're a great dad you know what i mean like the whole third verse is so redeeming to him and it's like even if he feels frustrated with love, it feels like there's this more openness and willingness to change and do what he's got to do to have that relationship given the opportunity. So I thought that was like, it was really cool. And then there's the little outro. And it's really long. And I've listened to it a lot, a lot of times now. And I give it a 4.25 because it's like really good, but I'm totally, like I'm never going to be in the mood for this song unless I'm in the mood for it. It's totally specific for what it is grandiose and long surprisingly interesting for that but it isn't like it takes me to a place and i think that's the thing that's missing about this album that i think would make it remarkable uh like it kind of reminds me of a place and if i was in a place i'd like it but it doesn't take me there however it is perfect for the regard for what it is yeah um i mean it's basically him uh questioning love and that you know nobody knows the answer which is true um i mean it's an interesting topic but it's just for me it's more of him whining um i gave it a 4.25 on 5 i mean i don't know if i would ever be in the mood to like go back to this but i mean it's fine however i could see you putting on some lady version of this and totally just stomping around and singing singing in the shower music type stuff maybe anyway why don't we try to make it through the night? Um, I really like this song um, in terms of this, the feel. Like, the more I listen to it, this is one that is, like, growing on me since I did my first review of it, actually. Just the way that, like, kind of build up. Another collar, another dollar. Life short, but we live it because we gotta. And you know what? Like, mm-hmm. Joe is really fantastic at rapping like just there's no other way to put it he raps well every every it's very clear it's very clean his flow flips up on like every beat to like match it in a way that's kind of distinct to it and like he's the opposite of like underground grimy um he's like (laughs) i suppose uh and this album yeah it's very clean it's very produced this album is very produced Mm -hmm. i don't know if i've heard enough of his other music um but he's definitely kind of like uh he reminds me of Jadakiss in the way that his voice doesn't change. Like, every time I hear Jadakiss, it's the Jadakiss voice. And every time I hear Joe Budden on this album, it's the Joe Budden voice. Mm-hmm. And what's truly remarkable about both of these men is that that's okay. Because they're just that good at rapping that it's it's just fantastic. Plus, when you look at this album, the only feature list is feature rapper is fucking Jadakiss. It was just kind of fun and exciting. I don't remember exactly the story of how it came out to be, but it's on Genius if you want to check it out. Uh, how do you how do you feel about this song? Um, so, like, it's basically him um, inspiring black men to keep their heads up. Um, and so he kind of tells us about his own struggles and journey that, you know, things that he went through. Um, you know, he talks about how he ended up in jail, um, you know, and how he was, you know, he was involved in like the game and like, you know, out on the streets and doing that. And, um, but that is like, you know, out of his life and he's done with it. And, you know, he has God on his side and he has because, you know, maybe he was in situations that, um, you know, 
he you know didn't get injured or didn't you know didn't get hurt or didn't get in trouble or whatever um so maybe that's why he feels like god is on his side or whatever um and like if you keep making it through like all of like the difficult nights then you're gonna just keep going and you're gonna get through through your life so he's basically saying you know like there are going to be hard times don't you know don't kill yourself or don't do something drastic um on those like nights where you're feeling like particularly vulnerable or low um you know keep going because you, you know just go to sleep or whatever basically and you'll get through that and then you'll wake up and you know things are going to just keep getting better hopefully um so anyways th that's kind of like the overall message um and then we've got you know jadakiss comes in and he definitely stands out um, and because his voice is so grimy, he's like basically like. I feel like raspy is a good word for. Oh him. yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's true. Um, it's just like a little. It's very different from like the way that Joe kind of like comes comes across. Um, and you know, he's kind of talking about like the trouble that they got up to and how um, they realized you know maybe it wasn't worth it um, in the end. Like you know all of this. Uh, you know, with your, you know your, when your friends are dying or when you're, you know, scared to go to jail and you're scared to, you know, go around the corner because you never know who's going to come at you, you know, and shoot you and things like that. Um, yeah, at some point, I, I think you probably definitely think, you know, is this worth it? Like, should I keep going? And, you know, it's a, you know, yes or no question. It sounds like for him it was a, a no. Um, and it was, you know, so that's good. And it's sort of like a nice... Uh, you know kind of jazzy sort of a beat uh sort of um and joe kind of also talks or was like a loser and had to like keep on fighting for success so he was not somebody who just instantly made it and he wasn't maybe people didn't have like you know the highest hopes in him or whatever um but to be clear joe made it it took him a while yeah he did it he did it he sure did um, and he, so, and he also talks about the fact that it's easier to, to give up and die, um, but it's harder to keep on living, but you have to keep on living. You have to like keep living. You have to keep going. Um, and that's kind of the overall message like that uh, Joe's kind of trying to give us here. Um, or more in particular, when I say us, I guess it's more for, uh, black men. I don't know about that. This shit's grind music. Anybody on the grind, make it yeah. through the night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't yeah. care what you, like, But I think it's, I mean, it's more target. I think I think he's relating to, like, his own story. And I think that that's kind that's of, like, very fair. what he's talking about. But I think he writes it in a way where, yes, it could be more specific to, let's say, the hood. Mm -hmm. But it's also just, if life gets hard, keep going. Of like, course, let's of course. Let's quote Jadakiss here. Put a mountain in front of you. You just try to move it. Count on one hand a couple people that you cool with. That's just good advice mm -hmm. regardless of anybody right because yeah. mountains they're going to be the obstacles i think he's that... talking about something a little different what's he talking about stress build up then you do something stupid put a mountain in front of you, you just try to move it count on people that you're cool with either way they're picking up on the on they ain't got it this sounds like mentality shit to me mm. this sounds like literally obstacles in front of you but right i was thinking of like a mountain of drugs trying to move it i mean but maybe because he was, he was talking about like how he you know he used to I be like i think you're totally right that it's a double entendre in regards to mm -hmm. that but i think that the, the the deeper like message that isn't so drug related is yeah, actually yeah. like some really proper 
good life lesson shit. Like I think no matter I think it, it, it stands out as like you know no matter what you do do the best at whatever it is. And I think it's even if you're selling drugs, be the best. But I think it's bigger than just selling drugs yeah, because yeah, it's of not really limited to that. It's just. If you come across obstacles, be smart about it. You're gonna have to get around it, no matter who you are. It's just gonna be part of it. Yeah. Uh, when when stress builds up, you're gonna maybe do something stupid. That's everybody, you know. Uh, keep your circle small. It's probably just smart. You learn the hard way when your actions are idiotic. We were all 20. Product to your environment, and you're the product. Fair enough. That could be a little more specific, but yo, I come from some poorer shit. I used to act like a poorer fool. Um, home invasions. People's is getting tied up okay fine i'll give it to you that more or less didn't happen to me um, <laughs> backed in the spot where you should have pulled in first person move and you're on them and you're really playing for an r and r in the morning fine it kind of has a hard edge to it but to me that verse just takes a hard edge and sneaks in some proper grind wisdom some actual applicable stuff that a person who's a graphic designer at work dealing with a heavy stress load can put this track on and kind of think about you know whatever and relate mm -hmm. to it so i thought it was really in a general way and just the same way with joe it's it's really just like everybody gotta work everybody gotta push to get more money it's you know school of hard knocks just repping my alma mater that was back when i didn't have shit got on my shoulder and devil and ad libs had to think some decisions through when time stuff who the fuck you gonna listen to again could be about drug dealing yeah could also just be about like i don't know going to work in a call center and then okay wanting to like lie on your customers to get your sales numbers or like get like <laughs> you know what i mean it I sounds guess. really cheesy when you put it like that but that's why i like the universality of how joe can make people relate to him because i think that's to me that's like the most honest of what music does this doesn't matter your specifics like you can listen to somebody who's had a relative die before you've had a relative die and connect to it right like yeah that's just if it's done well it's gonna hit that effect and then i just kind of like the way he ends joe ends his first verse you know they used to call us lost people I had the same genes to make it till we lost people some was married to the game i divorced quicker but i can't judge one day i'll see the lord with you and i like that openness where it's like yes he was connected to a certain thing and yep. he left it earlier than others but he's not gonna hold any kind of malice or condemnation towards people who made different decisions than him because at the end of the day we're all going to go meet the person who's meant to judge us and mm -hmm. i think what he's trying to convey is all of our grinds are kind of what it is and yes for the people that are forced to do this keep your heads up you're going to make it through yeah um i mean it's a very like inspiring kind of a song and it's very like relatable to i think a lot of people um and so i mean anyways i give it a 4.25 on five i mean it's good it's uh you know keep on trucking man I, it's so good like <laughs> this so like as the album went on i felt like my impressions of joe were like i started liking him more you know at first i didn't like him and then like it's because it's stuff like too many nights for dinner just ate an uncomfortable sleep had to Open up the oven for heat. Fair enough. That's relatable or shit. I've, I've never. Look, I've done that in my life. I've never been that 
without heat. But only because we, but we like, didn't control our own heating. Like, I've never <laughs> personally been without heat, but, like, it's kind of been at a point where, like, I can think two moments where shit like that has been comparable, you know? Mm-hmm. And then I uh, only made it out because I fought like a winner. Or So I was born loser, thoughts of a sinner, only made it out because I fought like a winner. Threats all my life, I'm good. I was all talk, though. Death around the corner, all you got to do is walk slow. And that's a fascinating point where it's, like, if you're cautious and you're calm and you're almost, like, you're able to make it through it. I just, and again, we can just... I guess that's good enough. I really like the track. <laughs> it's fine. Um, I gave it a 4.35. I originally gave it a 4.25, but it gets bumped up a little bit because I really do feel it. But it's still in that, You'd like... You still have to be in that mood to be lifted up. Like, so far, there's not a lot on this album, like, like that just really stands out as, like, a, a song that you can listen to on its own that maybe just... I don't know, kind of engages you without you needing to feel heartbroken just because the content is in general pretty interesting and substantiated. And Mm -hmm. in case you were wondering, this was me actually segueing into Slaughter Mouse. Honey, I know how hard, I know how good you are at this song. You want want to tell us about it or are you going to just be like, go watch my video? (laughs) Basically. (laughs) Um, I mean, I'm I'm not going to really like... I don't know. I feel Bonnie like Bonnie made like a whole video going line by line through the song on this channel. If you just look up Slaughter Mouse lyrics yeah. breakdown behind that. Well, we, we can just link it to this video and put the like it's the possible link down below. It's possible I forget, but it, it should be there. I'll remind him to put the link down below. That's fine. So Bonnie already did this song and made it abundantly clear to me she did not feel like going through <laughs> it anymore. She's done with it. Um, well, I mean, I can just do like the quick summary of it. Do the quick summary okay. for people. Um, so it all starts off very like intense and very like classical sounding, like kind of like Beethoven, like something like very like dramatic. You know, like I mean, if you know like your specific uh, classical uh, musicians, Beethoven was more like da 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 da, like he was more um, dramatic. Um, so this one is uh, basically about Eminem um, and how he he thought that because he headlined for Eminem and open for yeah headline wouldn't would that be he's Eminem, a headliner and M- Eminem would be the headliner oh right okay like, I can't picture a world where Eminem opens for Joe Budden yeah never mind that's not you, you know what I meant but anyways maybe that's not what I said uh, <laughs> um. So, anyways, because he did that, uh, that he kind of thought that he he'd he'd make it because of that, like that it was like an instant, like you know he's gonna be like the best and the best, and but you know it didn't. He also didn't realize that he had to work so hard to get that. It's not just going to, you know, come with these affiliations. Yeah, that'll help, but it's not going to like get you to the top. Like you need to like you know grind and hustle. I know all the all the way there. Um, and then basically how he, he loved Eminem so, so much. And it's basically like sort of a, a stand track about Eminem. Um, and like how he was like, you, you know, like he basically sounds like Stan. Um, and, <laughs> and like minus the whole, like killing himself and all of that. Um, so he, he felt that they were similar in very, very many ways. And that, you know, like they could have been something, um, so anyways, it's powerful, but it's kind of lame and it certainly had its time, but it's very dated now. Um, so for me, it's a 4.5 on 5 because it's still kind of an epic song, but it's still, um, a little wishy-washy. 
So, for one thing, can we take some solace in the fact that it's only four minutes and 51 seconds? True, 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 yeah. That's a big one. Um, and let's just touch on the end. It kind of cuts off. It just ends with, it's how I feel at the moment. And then, it, like, it's kind of fading as he says that. Mm-hmm. And Joe Budden annotated this and Genius and said, the song was a lot longer. I kind of could have had it be, like, the whole album is just this one song in terms of how long I was freestyling <laughs> for and doing my thing. But that's what it is. You got to cut it off at some point. So this was as good as anything. Nah, nobody's ever going to hear the other bars <laughs> type shit. Yeah. I'm like, okay, Joe Budden. Because he has so, to be so dramatic. I mean, it's an interesting title, Slaughter Mouse. And I feel like he sees himself as the mouse, right? Mm-hmm. Slaughter Mouse being a play on Slaughterhouse. And I feel like he sees himself as the weak link in the group, the outcast. And I say this with the nuance of having spent a riveting two hours listening to Joe Budden scream about Eminem in his podcast, <laughs> which is one of the greatest things on the internet, is that episode of the Joe Budden podcast. Yeah. It's and, something. Um, so really I kind of have that hindsight. But um, when you listen to this song, though, it's really interesting because it feels like he wanted to write a diss song and then realized that it's not so much that he's mad at Eminem. It's that he's sad he's not as good as Eminem. Mm-hmm. And he can't Eminem Eminem. Like, he can't do that particular side of things. And the song has a certain flow to it where it's, again, very stream of consciousness. It's not very focused because he does get sidetracked to talk about his group in the middle of it for a second. <laughs> um, but just the way it starts. Well, he doesn't have, like, ADD or something. Well, yeah, but I also just picture him kind of being a little loopy, well, he's just a little, rapping. He's a little bit like out there but like he's been rapping at this so long that he just needs to walk into the booth i bet open his mouth and a track can pop out like i'm not gonna give him anything less than that like this sounds like he freestyled the whole fucking thing and it just sounds really dope and Hmm. then it just turned out to be like that i could be wrong but it kind of the way it sounded to me in his annotations like this was just him pouring his heart out on the mic like he was just you know maybe drinking a little bit went in let out and look it was around 99 baby coming while i was at rock bottom ironic shit i was listening to rock bottom pocket rabbit ears no paper a lot of cotton had some charges stemming from me and my squad robin you know and he starts walking us through his life and he's like talking to eminem and pointing out that like his life was bad too and he's emotional and the way he's introspective he's like wow that's fucking cool i never heard anything like that before and it just kind of flows into like kind of like in the past and how he felt connected back then to uh listen i'm writing to you now because we don't talk much except in the stew and we'd be passing through the halls and such i wonder if you catch me stare at you and ah much and we'd be busy working so i never share my thoughts much and it just feels like there's no personal connection between eminem and himself which is something he very much seemed to crave and want and desire in light of the fact that when he was a younger person, he connected to Eminem. Because let me tell you something. If I got signed to Shady Records and mm-hmm. Eminem ignored me, I think it would be worse than not being signed to Shady Records. Yeah. Because if like Eminem doesn't really like me and just looks at me like I'm that guy that's always around or whatever, I don't know. That would break my heart. Like yeah, Maybe like, Joe's just so annoying to be around. And that's entirely possible, <laughs> like, especially if M's sober and Joe's just blitzed out of his mind, raging around or whatever. Like, and I'm yeah. just assuming or interjecting a little bit here, but that must be very hard to go through that experience. So fine. He's writing him this song because he almost like 
It sounds like when you use your anonymous system at work to pour your heart and soul out, hoping your boss will answer, and then, you know, hopefully your boss doesn't notice half that <laughs> shit usually. But that's kind of what this feels like, you know? Remember signing four people with an attitude. Well, maybe we'll get your star power and his magnitude. All I thought it was about to be on, but I never guessed it was about to be wrong. So he's referring to, like, basically how he got signed to Shady, figured he'd go and pop, and, well, it turned out it didn't work out like that. There were some complications with it, maybe. And then if you listen to his podcast, you know that there was a lot of creative directions between Joe kind of wanting to recreate their mixtape sound for their core audience and everyone else being like, let's just make these pop fucking albums, get out our record contract, get famous and do what we got to do. So Joe didn't want (coughs) to necessarily pursue it the way he should have. And then as time went on, I guess he realized that this was a shady records and, and, and you know, investment and it, it was their way or the highway, whatever. So then he kind of flows into explaining his kind of preface to guess I'm just asking for advice right now, experience and leadership to help suffice right now, which is fair enough, right? He is signed to the label. That's fair. I guess I'm asking how would you do it before I do something too stupid, before I lose my lose it and or get our views lucid, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. And he's just kind of putting it like, I don't want to have to sell out and do some dumbass shit and kind of be pop off in a bad way. And then does it in a provocative and interesting way when he asks Eminem, do you think you'd be as famous now if you had to put out my name is now, the way the game is now, off a lyric shit is shameless now? And that's an interesting point because not nah, there's almost a zero percent chance I think that if Eminem started today, it came out today, exact same dude, that his shit would work because there's a million of him doing that now. And like what I'm trying to say is, if Eminem hadn't done it, somebody else would have. And then if he came in today and was a young rapper trying to rise up in this climate, knowing everything that is that's happening in 2015. Could you just drop my name is and expect it to be the banger that brings you through? Mm-hmm. No, it would never happen. That's just the yeah. facts of the situation. And you can tell because Eminem has been desperate enough to do features with any hot lyrical guy <laughs> in the last year. That you know, like it's yeah. moves you don't see from a guy except for when he's trying to capture a youthful market. And anyway, I don't necessarily trying to stay relevant very hard with the wrong market it's like chucking his fans away so in a sense i think like eminem is actually going through the same struggle as joe budden in a different way because at a different time while breaking records it's so fucking weird um and then he kind of points out you got to be cool complex and pitch for it if i want to get my shit off and i'm like how is that different than having like five mics from the source or whatever like joe like some some of the arguments you're making are kind of whack and whatever and then I dress like shit. I'm just the best when I spit. I'm like, well, maybe don't look sloppy. Like, you know, like if I came in and all, the, and I know sometimes it happens and all of my shit stained and dirty. I know sometimes uh, <laughs> it's like, yeah. I look sloppy. You guys would respect me less. Like, I know I, I forgot to shave up here uh, a little less clean. Like people fucking care about their shit. So if you know people care about it, try harder. And then he's like, guess what? I like the Bad Meets Evil album better than like everyone else. Kudos. Like, what is your, I mean, I don't know, man. It's almost like he's saying, I put out this level of love to support you. I expected something back from it. And the fact that he turns it transactional, it, it kind of says a lot about the insecurity of Joe Budden. But he's also made a whole album about his insecurity, so, and he's also doing good now. So, again, it's all back yeah. to that mood point where this is such a fascinating move because 
really just is a guy pouring his heart out and then he kind of questions his ability to fit in with slaughterhouse because everyone else is witty and lyrical and let's be real joe budden probably does this story shit better than anything else like i'm i feel like joe budden is a soap opera on this album and i really like it because it's a good soap opera until you get bored of it but um you know it points out how talented he is and he beefed with people and he's got this and he is feeling like a stand because he's being a stand and then no record label will ever label me my morals ain't for sale can't under the table me and i'll be honest at this point i feel like he had lost focus <laughs> it's no longer about really eminem anymore it's all about how joe's doubling down on being joe and i feel like it's actually a smart place to cut it would have been a little earlier had he just cut it when he said i'll cut it short before i start feeling like a stand ended it there and then never said the rest i think he would <laughs> I, it would have been a better track it would have got a slightly higher mark but he kind of lost me at the end there when it i don't know i feel like we had a really focused interesting experience looking at his place in the music career kind of questioning things using eminem and his relationship as this great buffering point and then it's all about joe and how and i'm like okay bye joe yeah i gave it a 4.5 it's really impressive for what it is because yeah. there's no there's no chorus there's no anything it's like five minutes of joe rapping and up until the very end i didn't really get bored and i think that's an accomplishment and i think that all things considered even when he does an eight minute song at least the first two or three times you're kind of enamored with it how you feel on your sixth listen it's a different story but yeah what'd you give it um, like I said, I give it a four, uh, sorry, 4.5 on five as well. All right. So the question is, where do we go from here? Mm, I don't know. Y'all, for me, at least I had this revolutionary moment or not revolution. It, I guess I just had this like moment of revelation okay. as I listened to this track because verse three ends and chorus like, I don't really know what we should. Anyway, the, the singing part, where do we go from here? And then Joe's talking over it and shit, and mm -hmm. you're feeling it. And then, and then you hear, he goes, Parks, let me get one more. And you just kind of go, oh, Parks is his sound engineer. Now, maybe everyone who watches the Joe Budden podcast knows this because it's like Rory and Mal and Parks. You know, right. like, so and I'm like, it's the same parks. Oh, shit. And then I'm like, oh, shit, another verse. I remember, <laughs> like, it just happened. Scratch that. I can't dismember it. It just happened. And that's him freestyling and shit. Like, he's just sitting there. And then he annotates it. Well, if you say that sound engineer's name on a track, he's going to leave it in. And I'm like, okay, Joe. You just, it's just funny. And I'm like, <laughs> you can just picture him going all day long. Like, I could just picture Park sitting in the studio. Another one. Eating a sandwich. Oh, shit, he's been at this for like 37 <laughs> minutes straight. Okay. I don't know why he's eating a sandwich, but that was my imagination running. So you didn't do a whole video about this song. I did not. How do you feel about it? Um, I mean, it has a nice opening. Um, like his beats are like always like, you know, well made, well put together. So like that's something that's like very nice on this album. Um, you know, and I think it also shows that like Joe is like clearly like a a perfectionist and like he wouldn't settle for anything less on this album and like even like a little bit like a little bit to the extreme like OCD kind of situation. Um and this one is sort of about like 
his issues, you know, with girls again, um, and how he keeps going back to, you know, this one, and how he um, keeps going back to her, and, you know, but, like, treating her like shit, and using her for sex, and, you know, kind of says he doesn't want her for long term, and just kind of, like, plays like he doesn't really give a shit about her, and then it kind of, like, fast forwards, and, you know, he gets dumped by her, like, seven months into, like, the relationship, or, like, into, like, this whatever. She it's wants not... to, like, add labels or whatever. Yeah, because, you know, she wants something more serious, and then, you know, so then it's a no-go. That's relatable. Yeah. And, um, you know, she slept with, like, other rappers and, like, feels like, you know, or, like, another, like, like you know, like tick on her like oh another rapper like ting like you know kind of and so that's kind of like how i think he's seeing the situation and it feels a little bit like kind of weird and petty and like he's kind of like a little bitch um on this one which i know is like you know maybe not the nicest term to use but you know what i mean um this album well i mean in general yeah but like especially on this album and uh mostly like on this song i'm just like talking about um i mean i give this a four on five like the composition is good and then i was kind of confused like did she die like there's like some like communication like issues and also it's too fucking long like again it's like seven minutes so when, and when 11 seconds parks let me get one more it's like, like come the no. fuck on like yeah like <laughs> i just can't i just can't that's it i mean i i feel like if i'm not mistaken uh this is one where it was about a particular person. Yeah, I think and so. And he sent it to her, and she's like, fuck, fine, Joe, you can just do what you want. <laughs> like, it might not be this one, but at least one of the songs is about a particular girl. But this one, I feel like it's there. And I mean... I hope I hope somebody so warns girls about him. what I really him. like. Well, Joe Budden is warning girls about him. Yeah, true. And that's true the thing. Enough. Very true. And he, that's something he's touched on a lot, is how the fuck can people act like you don't know me? Or like, if you date Joe Budden after listening to this album, Nope. I mean, there's a degree of you need to understand who Joe Budden is. He is holding nothing back. Like, and the truth is, Bonnie, you ain't got to adore him or keep it friendly. You ain't, and even if you ain't for him, don't just don't be against him. Okay, I'm, like, I'm not. I'm not against him. You're kind of against Joe Budden. Off the record, Bonnie hates on Joe Budden. I don't hate on him. I think he's a whiny little bitch. He's not going to be my See, best friend. Against him. Um, am I going to invite him over for Hayden. dinner? No. Um, I would invite him over for like, dinner. I know. Like, if But if he was in my house and chilling here, I would just be like, okay, hey, Joe. You know, I would be friendly with him, but, like, I don't want to have a you. whole conversation with him because he's just going to get into some sort of extreme shit. I'm just going to be like, no, nah, I can't. I can't do it. That's true. <laughs> she is like that. Um, but, like, I, I kind of like the way he puts it out. Like, time's passed, whatever. Um, you don't have to like me or whatever. Just just don't be my enemy. And yeah. I kind of respect that. Your people tell you, ignore me and say it simply, but you get lonely and call me. That always tempts me. We get caught in a moment and then we fall back. Then I get horny and you take that as a crawl back. I'm like, gosh, I've been there, done that. I didn't do it in my 30s, but I definitely did that in my <laughs> mid-20s. Um, but the whole like thing is that it's honest and it's it's relatable and i do think that especially in your early to mid 20s there's a lot of people living out exactly what joe's painting in this picture that he's putting together and then you know it's pretty clever when he says that there's an irony hidden if you call it that i walk all over you you get you be on my doormat 
and get it because he walks on her but then she comes and and there is that i don't want to come off like it's terrible but there is this weird thing with bad relationships where the worse you treat a person the more they come back to you and yeah it's i mean that's whack. like the typical thing you hear about unfortunately um, and then her truth come out when she drunk but i amnesty that i talk logic and fuck off joe budden you never spoke logic you spoke emotion the whole time i promise yeah. joe's yeah. logic is just emotion because guess what asking for children is not abuse and she's screaming profanity back yeah maybe because your logic makes you sound like a pretentious asshole joe button i've heard him did you did you listen to him versus Nicki minaj this year that shit is fucking joe button logic at its finest you should listen to that podcast just to get a good example of joe talking logic and someone screaming profanity back all right um because she she is not having Joe Budden shit. Yeah, I can imagine. Um. Anyway, guess I'm just a fan of facts. Hope you understand that. And I'm like, again, Joe Budden, facts are your interpretation of facts is not necessarily the same thing. I feel like we would get Joe Budden a t-shirt from Philip DeFranco where it says something like, what does this shirt facts say? Facts or feelings. Yeah, you can't use your feelings as facts. But again having been a person who's lived everything he's kind of describing here i think he puts it proper i've used the logic argument i've talked about facts like that i would say that was my b game effort with women until i learned that the a game doesn't require any of this bullshit because once you learn how to respect people properly including yourself you're just more honest and shit. <sighs> but like honestly if you're still in that world of lies and games what Joe's doing is really honest, and I think a lot yeah. of people have to go through some version of that to appreciate the good shit when it shows up. And then check it. I'm like royalty around y'all. Down to fall with people I feel as loyal as me, which is probably why loyalty is my downfall. I'm like, what? What are you saying? <laughs> anyway, got a few friends that be coying me to count more, but steel sharp and steel let me sound off. Still got to question your will and what you're down for. It's real. I question your wheels, which they was round more. I'm like... I get the feeling that Joe Budden is a hard guy to be friends with and that like the people that are kind of like in his company and squad who are like paid by him to be there are heavily invested in being his friend. Like, but like, let's be real. Rory and Mal, I'm not saying they're not real friends, but they're employees of Joe Budden company. Okay. Right. And I wonder how many friends outside of that, outside of business, he actually has. Because it, it seems like every one of his friends is also somebody he works with in a direct money-making kind of way. Which is fascinating because you look at this and it sounds like he wants to be a leader on the grind and you're either pushing with him or not. Otherwise, you're boring and go away. <laughs> that would be a way to interpret what I'm hearing in this verse. But... I am trying to follow the example of Joe Budden, all that being said. Uh, number two podcaster on Spotify, now that Joe Rogan's there. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, honestly, though, uh, Joe, Joe Budden is a very admirable media figure. Oh, yeah. And a very interesting man who shows a lot about how to overcome your inner struggles in a public way. And for all of that, I respect him. Still listening to him here, it's sometimes a little tough. Anyway, then there's the third verse where it's like, it's been weeks now, maybe we both feel so weak now, time's passed, it should be cool for us to speak now. And I'm like, man, he's really laying it down. And I suppose that the fact that this happens with so many women in his life, it's really interesting that he would take like the time to almost identify the patterns, right? So if you think about it in a more meta way, this whole album is Joe taking the time to do what like a therapy person would say and like figure out the triggers and pitfalls that set you off and then he just happened to make money off of it by putting it in rhyme form and making songs 
Is this shit's like his diary. You just feel like it. Like you would leave in time to get your son ready for school. And I'll admit that was admirable. Sucking me off every night without you ever losing sight of what you had to do. And that's when you get kicked under the table because you're being a little bit too honest about the things <laughs> that you're talking about on camera and whatnot. And I could just be like, I mean, I'm certain the ladies would Joe Budden and just expect him to be like that. But fuck for seven months straight. Shit was magical. You broke it off over shit that wasn't factual. How could I fuck with you? Why are you acting so gullible? And I'm like, you're not being very specific about the non-factual shit, Joe. Was it that you were accused of cheating and you were maybe in a club? I don't, I don't know the circumstances, but mm. it just kind of, kind of sounds like that. And then, you know, he goes through and he kind of talks about, yeah, I guess the strip clubs and things like that. All of this, this whole lifestyle isn't something you're built for, and you're younger and whatever. And I'm like, Joe, if you're fucking younger girls and you're in your 30s, you got to understand that the girl's not where you're at in life. I don't care if, yep. she, if she's an adult. If she looked good and she's 21, she's 21. It's just not possible. She's still going through puberty, Joe. That's <laughs> facts. Puberty ends in your, like, early 20s. So at 21, you're, you're on the tail end of puberty. Okay? <laughs> How can you expect somebody going through puberty? to be like at the same <laughs> level of development in their 30s that's been the most baffling part of joe I budden guess. is how he expects the 20 year old girls to like be him even a 24 year old even a 25 year old dog you're in your mid 30s when you're writing this album anyway then he does his last verse because of course he does <laughs> and uh uh, I kind of like when he goes that uh, it, here's the problem. I remember it like it just happened. Scratch that. Can't dismember it. It just happened. Okay. So nothing I said there. Funny how one death will let these mishaps and that's exactly what's about to occur. Again, he hasn't mm -hmm. said anything. I defer. Here's the stinger. What are you deferring to? Does that mean everything we just heard was pointless? I believe that is the exact meaning of like I defer like uh, I got lost in thought. Okay, fine. Here's the stinger. I'm right here. I grew up and lost my finger. What the fuck are you talking about? Let's see. Because guess who did annotated he? this bar? He of course, did. Of course he did. Right from where it all started. This is Joe Budden. Sunter, South California. I'm at my grandfather's house, and that is where my thumb fell off. Okay, <laughs> his thumb fell off. Um, it just sounds like, bloop, it just fell off for a I day. spent all of my early years. I assume that he... And I'm like, you so know. that is... Uh, okay, Joe. I mean, thank you for clearing that one up, because... I mean, I wouldn't have got that. I just wouldn't have. How we let it all linger. Whole family in black where you used to reside. All here to say our final goodbyes. Then to me, to me, to them. My thought, I'm like, what? Who died? What's going on, Joe? What's happened here? Did yep. you just feel away and, and pour out another verse that had nothing to do with the rest of the song? Yes. And that is exactly what happened when he said, Parks, let me get one more. And half I still of the, have shit to Babylon about. But half of the Babylon didn't say anything. Literally, up until he goes, I'm right here where I grew up and lost my finger. He said nothing. Like, he didn't say anything. He was just rapping for the sake of it. <laughs> anyway, then finally, he does his outro, and it's really nice. Rest in peace. Where do we go from here? Does anybody hear me? Because he starts yelling it, and, and shit. And all I think of every time is the Titanic and the guys like going back and like looking for the survivors. That's like literally like the first thing that I think of. And then it ends. Yeah. And you're like, there's still three more songs on the album. Holy <laughs> shit, Joe Budden. It, ne um, it never actually ends. 
I mean, his career did end not long after this. He did only put out one more. Okay. Still, I gave it a 4.25. It's pretty. It's long. Very long. Very emotional. Like this album. All right. Unnecessary pain is how like Bonnie this album. made. <laughs> exactly like this album. I like this one actually. Like when I say I like this one, I gave it a 4.5. I feel like it's a standout track on this album, and okay. like. If you really are gonna just listen to a couple, I would say unnecessary pain is worth your time. I mean, if you watch this whole review, you probably should just watch the whole album at that point. But I think this one is pretty interesting. Like the 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 chorus is pop as fuck, but in a yeah. good way. And I thought it was pretty. Like it just hit me in a really nice way. In the verse, I would ask how we ended up here, but I drove and you allowed me. Or maybe it's only me that remembers it, and I'm like, oh shit! Like we see as the album goes on, it's less about bitch you hurt me to okay, maybe me and my actions, I am actually the cause of it. Yeah. And again, it's like an album where if you don't listen to it in order, you can't fully appreciate the transformation. But like if you really have ever gone on any kind of a redemption journey of having gone from a selfish and shitty person into somebody that's at least just trying to be better because i feel like it's like being an addict you're always going to be shitty in your soul and you just spend the rest <laughs> of your life trying to be better right well and that's the goal right for everybody not and, not to be a drug addict but to be better so i just think it's cool that after all of this journey of trying to understand the feelings and emotions as joe Biden's put it out we're at a point where it feels a lot more like he understands what he did in the consequence is what you're you're kind of getting out of this one mm -hmm. and i really think it's a fitting thing for the sake of the story of his album which he lets you know early on this shit's a story it's got to be in order you know mm -hmm. and i think the way he wrote the album and that angle is extremely impressive because I feel like it just communicates the emotional transformation of going through the rage of selfishness into being a more conscious and aware person. And there's probably not a lot of people who will actually listen to this album and appreciate it, but there's probably a lot of people who could benefit from seeing such public transformations take place. At least it's something I try to do. I mean, look at what we did on this channel. We came into some ignorant ass fucking people, got the shit kicked out of us in the comments, and now we're sitting here talking about the whiner, the whiner himself, Joe Biden. It's incredible. But years go by and you get better and you get wiser and you get smarter with it. And I kind of feel like Joe Biden condensed that all into this project and that's really incredible. Mm -hmm. um, anyway, played your position writing out our books. I noticed the page missing. Blame it on the age difference. And I feel like this time it's like he's recognizing that the age difference is a thing. And it's the first time it's not annoying that he brought it up. <laughs> I see you on the club nowadays. You're resistant. You used to get excited just to pay, never pay admission. Looking for the old you. Ended up with uh, with you. Whatever. And he's just kind of like, okay, now you got your new girls. And then my favorite lyric on the entire fucking album. The most Joe Budden moment on this project is a bunch of ugly broke bitches. I know better than. I ain't trying to say them hoes using you. Well, actually, who would I be kidding? Yes, I am. I just thought, yes, I am. Yeah. Shit, man. He can't even stop himself. But you know what? It's the most honest Joe Budden moment. And even in the middle of it, his own thing. He, but it's like, he's like, I'm right. 
but also I understand I maybe pushed you to this point. And yeah. I thought it was fucking funny. I sold a dream and when you couldn't have known the cost of it, knew my love came with a pain and I still offered it. And that's an interesting point where I've at least tried my hardest in my love adventures to convey that I'm complicated and, uh, you know, whatever. Um, seeing your weight loss, knowing I'm the cause of it. If that ain't my signature, then shit, somebody forging it. And, you know, the pressure to look a certain way, to be yeah. a certain thing. If you want to be with me, maybe it's the drugs or the whatever, the lifestyle that comes with it. Yeah. And, and so I just kind of, I kind of like feel like wow this th this song is when it just kind of clicked for me how deep and dope this album actually is in that regard even if you don't really want to listen to a lot of it most of the time because of how specific the subject matter is anyway second verse is pretty good too i done gone so long not giving a fuck that it's no longer erratic now it's a normal habit even when i go my way i gotta have it bury me and my sweats on, on on and the bitches in the casket and it's just like this jaded having gone through it so much time that basically his life kind of boils down to sweatpants and bitches <laughs> like it's yeah it's really powerful in my opinion you know all the waiters and words i let him loom on every verse real enough to write it on my tombstone and and i'm like there's not a lot of people who can say something like that and it's true but i suppose joe budden is pretty like real to the point where maybe he should be less real you know <laughs> what i mean but what he's really trying to convey here is like long as the fans are amused the my manner amused never sugarcoat it when i hand it to youth fell from all over the world always landed in the booth i hold music in such a high regard that to this day i still feel its destiny and to these fans i once gave my life for i gotta tell you there's not much left in me yeah and it's not that it's growing old but years of bearing my soul has taken its toll and it's just you really got to think about it when you have an artist who the fan base expects this emotionally raw depressed broken music all the time that means you're basically expect the guy to be depressed then if he ever isn't he ever wants to maybe make happy stuff you're gonna yeah. ostracize him um and then he like the music paid such a toll he wasn't able to be a father or whatever he can't regret it he's apologizing to his son and i feel like in a sense this track in the second verse flips again from being the girl part where he owns ownership there but to the other side of you can tell he's in his mind ending his rap career and it's over and he can't do this like he loves it he wants it and then he does and the next album is his last album and that's just it it ends and i think that it's it's fascinating because he both tells the fans he loves them but also holds them accountable for destroying him to a degree and yes. while joe is a grown man capable of making his own decisions imagine you put out a bunch of depressed shit while you're doing whatever fucked up crap in your 20s then you get your shit together and finally people start offering you the big money to go live you know do your things mm -hmm. and then your fans turn on you well now what do you do if you want to keep being the music guy it seems that your only choice is to be miserable hmm. and i've come to see with fan bases that fan bases don't often care a lot about what the artists actually are as a human they just want what they want from the artist Okay. And they, they collectively yeah. congregate to like look at Britney's fans because you can relate to Britney Spears's fan base. <laughs> Britney Spears's fans do not give a shit about Britney Spears, the human being, 
and that's just the facts of it they pretend to care they're so worried about it but really it's when will britney give me the next entertaining moment in my life that i can fawn over yeah she's a commodity to these people she's not a human being and they do not give a shit what she has to do fuck it she gotta do coke do coke they don't care they don't and that's the truth of fans sad and I'm, I, I say that recognizing that there are possibly people who consider themselves fans of our, our channel, but I also don't think that I attract the kind of fan base that's that bonkers, to be honest. <laughs> like, Just the normal kind of crazy that we like. Well, no, but I mean, like, I could see how a, a Joe Budden's erratic character would attract maybe more of that bonkers fan base that would go that in and obsessive with it. Okay, yeah, yeah. Whereas... I mean, I guess I'd be really flattered if people ever were that obsessive <laughs> over me, but I, I don't know. Like, I don't think on this podcast I would do it, maybe in other things in my life, but I feel like in the podcast it's just like, you know, I, I try not to be, I don't feel like we're that, I feel like we attract grounded people. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe, <laughs> That's what we hope for. Maybe this was just a weird tangent. I don't, I don't know. I don't think a, a lot bit. about the, I mean, the marketer in me, sometimes wonders about the psychographic data related to our audience but i guess one day if we ever pop we can go to a convention and meet some motherfuckers <laughs> anyway this is a nice short kind of sweet the bridge and chorus are really nice i really like it and i gave it a 4.5 like i said at the start of this section all right um yeah, I mean, I don't have like I'm not gonna go like too 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 far into it. Um, this one I found was a little bit more uh, sing-songy. It was more like melodic in that sense, um, but still kind of obviously sad. It's kind of his go-to. Um, it sounds like he's talking about a young girl that he was with and how he ended up like you know very low and you know couldn't handle life with him. Uh, and I think also too like. To like her not necessarily to her detriment like or her fault like i think he's a hard guy to handle um and then you know talks about her being very thin and trying to keep up with like the standards of like you know being in the spotlight and things like that um and it's like you know are, are you are, is she eating properly is it the drugs like it's all that kind of like situation um and like he he ends up in these types of situations um because of his own choices and because of like the way he is um and you know he has paranoia and he puts music above everything else and so obviously like you know it's going to be hard for like a woman to like compete with that sometimes you know if like he wants somebody that's like his he's going to be very possessive it sounds like you know he's in, I, I don't know that's i just wouldn't want to be his girlfriend um and it's just like more him being a lot more whiny um like so like for me like at this point like in the album like i was still like a little bit like it's not i try to I, i'm over the fact i'm not 16 anymore where i'm like sitting there and listening to guys whine and whine and whine it's like uh, i'm over that i don't need that in my life anymore <laughs> and that's what this is and so i'm a little bit over it um so i give it a four on five it's fine it's still well made um but it's just not my cup of tea all right next one is called love for you which bonnie does not have for this album mm true all right bonnie i know how much you're into joe budden's introspective deep lyrics to so take us through this track yeah um <clears throat> this one is uh, a little bit more like aggressive sounding i found 
Um, and this is just him uh, discussing and ranting about his issues with the rap game, with the rap music, with the industry, like all of that. Um, and also, again, about the women um, in his life and like this woman, I guess, that he just met and like wanted to like hook up with him and you know and he he you know was for it but then like she like looked him up or whatever and found out like you know all these bad things about him so i guess she wasn't so down for it in the end um and like how he feels like his like city isn't there for him and you know like life was uh you know life was easier before he was famous which i mean is not an uncommon thing that you hear about um, so this is just him sort of like ranting about that. The beat is really interesting. Um, like it makes me think of like something you would hear in like a, a nightclub, I guess, sort of, or like a lounge or something like that. Um, some of these like, uh, anyways, so, um, that's pretty much it. So I liked some of the lyrics. Uh, so when Jackie called me, nothing else really mattered. Was scared, sounded frantic. I ain't want no parts of that. Said the ambulance came, might be a heart attack. Was leaving work, nearly crying on the phone. In rush hour tra traffic, just to see you dying alone. Just seeing you dying alone. So I thought that was kind of, you know, again, it's like the same sort of like, this is like this dramatic situation that's happening, um, you know, to like this, I guess Jackie was like his girl and um, yeah, that she basically like almost died or died, I guess. Uh, she died alone. So um, he feels like, I guess, regret for that and regret for not being there. And, um, you know, so it's sad that this girl- It was his dad that died. Was it his dad? I got the feeling cause he's like, um, um, you know, pop in 20 bills. Sorry, I don't know where, where it is in the lyrics. So, yeah, uh, for pop had to get that knee surgery. Guess that affected his oh. bladder. So, when Jackie called me saying nothing else really mattered, was scared, sound of product, I want a part of that. Said the ambulance came. So, to me, it kind of sounds like something happened and it led oh, to. Oh, I death. thought it was Jackie was dying, but okay, my bad if I, I miss, uh, anyways, I misinterpreted it. Um, anyways, so, I mean, it's definitely about, like, his different, his different, like, issues, uh, in his different relationships with women, with rap, I guess, with his father as well. Um, I mean, it's, it's nice. It has a, a like, a kind of a calming sort of, uh, flow while still sounding, or, like, beat while still sounding, um, hard. So I thought that was kind of interesting, like, the little contrast. Um, so I gave it a 4.2 on 5. I kind of like the calming beat to it. It feels like almost pensive and whatnot. Mm -hmm. And it feels like, it feels like we've come a long way with Joe at this point. And now that he's kind of let the dust settle, he's going to kind of give us his thoughts. And it's almost like these two last songs are like a big hurrah. This is the burst at other people before we get to the truly introspectiveness that'll come on the next track. Um, right away like look you liked me better before you knew my history before you knew who i was that's when reaching our potential felt likely now that's such an interesting lyric because um i think it's true about a lot of people you see let's say you met me or you see me here you you people watching this don't really know me you don't know what i do you don't know my dirty secrets you don't know what i'm into so like one day if i ever get famous in interviews and my life gets more, more exposed or maybe i end up on a love and hip-hop like thing <laughs> and you start to see who i am maybe you like me less i mean we see it a yeah. lot where 
people follow a creator and then find out some dirty secret about their like private life and they just turn on them completely so true it seems that knowing the details of a person's history especially in a drama oriented place like youtube and other such things like the internet um it's just it changes it right because it's not really about the art it's like people create these images for people so i just thought it was it was fascinating you know and i feel like in a big way this one's talking to like this specific girl who maybe he met back in the day and it grows with her probably that one that he was with for a while and when he met her he wasn't that popping and then as time went on people kind of get to know him and then you know some of the headlines are true some of them are false he's not going to admit it but it's kind of like sometimes the things bother him and he's starting to realize that I guess having his whole life on display has led to certain complications and certain things and he just doesn't necessarily understand why people treat him the way they do or why people perceive him that the way they do and you know kind of questions you know you know jersey city like me better before when i couldn't leave you know it's like an interesting line like yo when i was too poor to go anywhere everybody loved me now and i'm rich yeah. and i can do what i want and i have that power it's over and people don't like me anymore and it's interesting and then love and hip-hop is a questionable choice for anybody i just don't understand why people would want to do it Anyway, so I feel like he really flows through questions about his father's passing and just kind of shows maybe these moving things and he just kind of ends the first verse like, uh, if I take something for granted, I don't want to give it back that way. For real, that's how shit get lost. Let me chill. I like it better when I'm not talking over my thoughts and I listen. And it almost sounds like he's getting a little bit past the need for pure verbal diarrhea for the sake of you know like he's kind of working through it and understanding things at a deeper level and then you got the chorus and then it feels like the second verse focuses a lot more on hip-hop and you know it's not a singers want to rap the rappers want to sing personally i liked it better back when rapping was a thing because now if you want to hit the high notes when the hook come you got to hit the high notes the labels want to sell singles i i'm selling a story that'll just taint the message i guess that's the lyric i was thinking of a bit earlier but yeah so like his album works in the sense of having a story but if you look at half his choruses and shit there's high notes it's whether or not he's hitting the high notes it's like i mean yeah the reason the rappers want to learn to sing is because the rappers don't have to pay people to get shit done the more yeah. in-house it is the more you can learn to do on your own the more control that you have and stuff so i mean True. there's a utilitarian evolution to why a lot of this happened more than just record labels anyway and he just kind of looks at the game like it's people don't necessarily like it anymore treat it the same kind of way and i feel like i don't know in the second verse he's really just focusing on his current lifestyle and how maybe it's a little out of place now listen i liked you better when he wasn't in the spotlight was too addicted to it said some shit that was not right i'm not really sure what he's talking about it feels like actually this is a specific person so when he worked so much i couldn't complain until i learned she was getaway escaping from the pain the strippers talked to me like i'm the therapist that scares the good girls away they don't know the hell i get and i'm like I don't know, Joe. Some of the situations <laughs> you put yourself in seem like you don't have to put yourself into those situations yep. and you wouldn't have to be there. But yep. on the other hand, maybe the good girls are boring. Um, I don't know. He seems to really want the fucked up shit, but it seems like he's a little more understanding of it. I think he wants the 
like the adrenaline that it brings and I think like I get like that idea of like wanting to like you know like have like people talking about you and like doing something that's a little like uh, scandalous or you know something that's like he just goes like full into things and then I think when he deals with the consequences sometimes there's uh, tension <laughs> let's just say fair enough I mean overall this is just another lengthy longer one but i feel like as joe gets more self-aware and direct with it i find it a little bit easier to listen to it so i gave this one another 4.35 all right well he is after all only human yeah i know that bonnie was done with the eight minute song (laughs) i felt that like they weren't enough and so joe came through with an eight minute and 47 banger on this one and Mm I'm going to assume it was too much for you. You're done. But for me, I was most enamored with the mic check, one, two, one, two, new Joe Budden. And I heard that so many times that it was like, yay, the new Joe Budden (laughs) sound. And then I kind of like this one, though. Mm -hmm. It feels like, again, more honest, more looking at himself. And it feels like this is where Joe's kind of coming to terms with his growth and he just kind of wants people to give him. I want to say give him a pass, but to understand that what he's he, been through, where, where he's coming he's from, and, and don't just look at it like crazy. He's changed. He's better now. In a sense, he doesn't want people to treat him like whiny Joe. That he's just that because he's more complex than that. But I like it though. I let the man have a talk with the beast in me. I'm holding on to my last bit of decency. I need to vacate, change the scenery. But Mama said wherever I'm gonna go, I'm taking me with me again it's just really wise sounding really smart like i feel a way i feel this chaos okay i need a break from it all but the Mm -hmm. truth is you can't escape that shit it'll just keep coming with you and that's real yeah you know i told her shit on my mind it's been eating me she got me pissing in a cup she don't believe in me to the point where his own mom doesn't doubt his sobriety wants him to like prove that his erratic nature isn't the result of drugs and shit mm-hmm. it's not the drugs that got me out the zone going days without eating in a crowd i feel alone and then asked why i never sleep at night and it's it's interesting how like he's painting this picture of like even his own mother doesn't necessarily understand where he's coming from in his world or why there's such chaos and and almost badness going on inside of him to the point where she kind of questions how there's higher powers and lower powers and he'll die if he doesn't find the strength to overpower if he can't get past the negative feelings in his life and <clears throat> almost embrace the the more positive things um he's gonna end it and then i replied well aren't we all and she said yeah but that should be on god's terms not yours we're like Joe's almost acting suicidal in a sense. Mm-hmm. And she's like, listen, it's it's not your choice to choose when you pass. God will make that decision for you. Your suicidal ways are not good. And then the chorus from Emony, who was also on the last song, sounds beautiful and whatever, and it's really nice. And then Joe tells this really powerful story uh, of kind of how he wanted to like pass away and and die and he was willing to kill himself gun in his lap type shit Mm -hmm. people aren't even aware of it you know he's kind of reconnecting with people who are like your life's still a mess he's like yeah lol whatever i have a gun here (laughs) and then um pastor calls and ends it with this prayer like just some uncanny intervention you know he's trying to describe his suicide note and how he didn't know how to write to his mom in a way that would explain why he's doing this without lying to her and it's like you know it just kind of hit like this is a guy who 
who just kind of hit the end of his rope. But then when all things came back, because when the burner was ready to bust, I didn't clap. Joe. I'm like, oh, fucking Joe, man. It's like you ruin it with your damn Joe there at the end. <laughs> but yeah, it's powerful still. And then I guess I'm insanity's definition because apparently the definition of insanity is repetition. Yeah. Trying to step over insanity's repetition, but it kind of got me tripping. Whatever love he uh, we had was dead that night. Looking back, we both needed cooler heads that night. Was going off in you know, a sleep, eyes red that night. And I guess we're getting into this point where, you know, he's kind of looking at this relationship situation that we've been exploring one last time. And it kind of... It kind of feels like now Joe's back to looking at her like she's dumb. Like he's gotten to this point where everything feels dumb. Like, okay, fine, whatever. But you was tripping about Giselle and Alexa. And Alexa's 20, but Joe likes younger women. Yep. And Giselle's the homie. Joe likes younger women. Just because he's the homie doesn't... I mean, those are bad excuses, Joe. Yep. Those are really bad excuses. Anyway, <laughs> with hip withdrawals, nothing but your story should have been sticking at all. I wouldn't dick her at all. I'm, I'm like, okay, Joe. Nobody knows that. You're okay, just saying cool, it. bro. You know, a little bit. Um in your head guess the answer to this jealousy was to turn around and try to make me jealous be but the part was that you neglect was never mind jealousy just but respect y'all instagramming pictures trying to get me upset and i'm like who the fuck are you dating like seriously i don't have these problems in my life how is it you have these problems in because your life? he attracts them sorry i'm not famous maybe if i was a famous person i, I would... think famous or not he would still end up with situations like this you're right he'd probably have the local new jersey ghetto version of it Otherwise... he'd have a snooky kind of situation or i don't know i, I never famous i never watched any of those so i'm just saying can you imagine if joe buddy joe button fuck snooky anyway um who cares he left shorty weeks ago. You can hide his hoe. I guess the part where I lose is now they got my face plastered a little bit of news and being falsely accused. And I don't understand. Was this part of a plan? I guess I'll tell the whole truth when I understand how you tell the cops I have guns in my house. So, you know, it's kind of a, mm -hmm, a stressful mm -hmm. situation he's going yep. through. You know, you attack me, but I'm the villain over a fucking iPhone and feelings. Check. You never seen me act like a jerk. I know. And I'm like, okay, Joe, you're losing me again. And then it just kind of ends. So, like, on the one hand, it's very real. It's very honest. It's very powerful. It very much does its thing. And I really like it. And I give it a 4.5. And I could see how it would be a 5 if it was, like, half the length and a little more concise. Yeah. On the other hand, you know, I, I don't know. I feel like if Joe Budden edited, it would be a little, like, stronger. Yeah. Um, so, okay, so for me, it starts off with, like, nice um, piano. I enjoy that. I always have. Um, I don't know why. Ever since I was a kid, I always enjoyed piano music. Maybe it's just human nature. I don't know. Does everybody? I don't know. Um, this is about his struggles with, like, depression, addiction, about him, um, you know, giving up on life, being a little bit suicidal, and, like, how, like, his friends and family got together um, and held an intervention for him to kind of, like, get him clean and get him better. Um, and he talks about his connection with God, so maybe that has to do with it as well, is that, you know, he, through God, he was able to, like, get better and, like, you know do what you need to do um and i think i think there's often like that spiritual connection or always with um with aa and like the like the 12 steps and like that kind of um system or whatever it is um so he feels that there's too much pressure on him and you know he has mental issues um which caused 
or, you know, are maybe like the trigger for a lot of his addictions and like what kind of caused it, it seems. Um, and, you know, maybe not being like diagnosed properly or taking the wrong medication. Like, I mean, that there are things that could have, you know, triggered um, like drug abuse. Um, and, you know, and, and it feels very real. It's very honest. Um, you know, thought about his, um, you know, the, side, the reason that he didn't kill himself is because he thought about his mother getting a call um, that he was dead and he couldn't, he can't do that to her. Like, he just was like, no, I can't do that. Um, and he has to make himself better. He has to change. Um, and, like, this is sort of like, like, he's telling himself, like, this is his second chance at life. He's going to, like, you know, live it to his fullest. He's not going to fuck up like he did. He's going to learn his lessons. Um you know, whatever, and then he's talking about, you know, he goes on about his relationship is issues, and, you know, talks about, you know, his, I don't know, I guess the conflict or whatever, that he was texting with this girl, and it seems like he likes um, lots of girls, it seems that there's always, like, always different girls around, um, <laughs> and then, like, how, um, I guess, like, you know, he, he starts trusting these women and then like how like maybe they're not always like the best and, you know, that they kind of like report him to the cops for having certain things or like, you know, he refers to having guns in the house and just because she's jealous and she's like that type of personality, type, type of character. So maybe steer clear from uh, women who are like dramatic like that if you're trying to keep it um, on the low, but he's clearly not. Um... It's but it's emotional. The, the reality is that ass. That's the most important thing here. That is true. Yeah, I did, sometimes that. I forget these things because I'm not the man. But uh, <laughs> anyways, uh, it's long. It's emotional. It's like reading somebody's diary. Um, and like almost like you need to know like what's going on in his life to kind of like understand it. But you can kind of like get the gist of like what he's going through, what he's feeling and whatever. Um, but it's like, why do, why am I reading this diary? Uh, how about I just leave this, um, alone? But so I gave this a four on five because it's fine. It's good. It's honest. It's too fucking long. All right. I believe that's Bonnie's summary of the album. <laughs> it's fine. It's good. It's honest. It's too fucking long. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I get this album a 4.366. Um, I think it's a really powerful album for what it is. And I think in the realms of it, why it stands out is because while there are a lot of emo rappers out there that have like, existed. I feel like this album is just only good at one point in your life for that one thing but once. I, but I also feel like it fills its, its purpose and that it's just that there's almost like a giant vacancy in hip hop for, I think, this kind of album. Fair enough. Because you get it a lot of rock music. You get it all over. Everyone's got like fucking, you know, My Chemical Romance and shit like that. <laughs> but like it feels like that same kind of a void is like a My Chemical Romance. Right. And so I imagine as more people make better versions of this album, this album goes down in relevancy points. This album's relevant only as long as people don't make more concise, more meaningful, less whatever. Like this is a great project and it, I think it yeah. has its like purpose. And I don't want to take away from it because it's wrapped so well. The musication is the music. It's also good on paper. But my enjoyment is not a thousand percent there. Whiny and I mean, whatever. It is what it is. It's emo-ish. I feel like emo rap, I part of it too is I respect this. I would have liked this album a lot less 
if I had known Joe Budden turned out to be a loser after all, right? Okay. And so part of this album that makes me like what I've heard of it is that Joe Budden gets to this better place and is doing incredibly positive things now with his life. So seeing its role in his growth and development and him setting that example is is really important but it's almost like i like that more than i like the music and it's honestly because of the beat choices it's so beautiful the yeah, whole yeah. way through but it's like Very i'm never wanting to listen to that kind of stuff for like there's nothing on that album that is really in that realms of stuff i would put on a playlist and listen to yeah that's um, all i gotta say yeah i mean I feel like I've said, you know, everything. <laughs> it's long, it's whiny. Um, but, I mean, it is well composed. It, it, you know, as, like, OCD as um, Joe is, I mean, it makes for a good quality album, that's for sure. It definitely has, like, a very cleanness to it, very well produced. Um, you know, he says, he definitely spills his feelings um, on this one. So, I mean, if you're into that and you, like, want to sit down and, like, feel with him uh you can do that on this album so i give this a 4.25 on five it's not a classic for me but i mean i guess people yeah, no. like it <laughs> i feel like this is it's not a classic because i don't think it's timeless and i don't think it's yeah but what i think this album is is for this era a really good project for people going through that specific thing anyway yeah. Thank y'all for watching. Totally means the world for us. Uh, means the world to us that y'all are here watching this. Feel free to leave up a comment. Tell us what you think about anything. Feel free to respond to you. Um, if you liked it, you can hit the like button. You can subscribe to the channel for more reviews. Uh, and special thanks to the patrons: Ismail Gadamsi, Chris Prado, Jonathan Barnes, DJ Black, Hurricane, Linda Williams, and. Coney Sparks, the guy who requested us to talk about this emo-esque album. finally done. We did it. We got through it. And uh, so, yeah, thanks for requesting it. Thanks for the support. They helped us get a new camera. They yeah. get to tell us what albums to review. They helped us be on Spotify and stuff because apparently that costs money. And Squarespaces and stuff in the near future. So we really appreciate all of it. And it really means a difference. Very soon I'd like to replace this with some nicer looking sound panels that look cooler and isn't a wrinkly sheet yeah i'm aware of it <laughs> so thank you all for being here i also make music uh you can check that out holden stefan roy the alternative grind up on your favorite platforms let me know what you think about that that would be real cool of you and it's also on this channel and y'all are dope and yo live long and prosper everybody bye guys <laughs>